full Targaryen on Targaryen penetration. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. You're both Stark and Targaryen. <laughs> yeah, so there's... John, someone <laughs> needs to tell him. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Game of Thrones season finale episode. Um, we're normally a movie pod, but we've been kind of going on a TV tangent here, haven't we? A lot of a lot of Thrones, a lot of Rick and Morty. I feel like is that bad? It's been a pretty weak I've liked summer. One of the shows. <laughs> what, Stevie? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's been a pretty weak summer for cinema. And Mikey's a big fan of Thrones, but kind of Rick and Morty fell off for you, right? Mm, no, <laughs> opposite. So Mikey's been off. The- don't don't be a sheep. <laughs> don't be a sheep. Thrones suck. <laughs> where are you, where are you recording from tonight, Mikey? Uh, my bathroom. <laughs> are you in the bath, like with candles lit? Are you in a city or just outer space or what? <laughs> Is that why the acoustics sound so awesome? <laughs> they do sound really good. Mm-hmm. I think last episode, Mikey was recording outside or he has like a pet cricket or something because it was like <laughs> loud on the track. Uh, so Mikey is recording out of Elkhart. Uh, Stevie, where are you recording out of tonight? Uh, Northern Indiana. Close to Mikey. But I am not in my bathroom. Are you in Mikey's bathroom? I wish. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> my brother Jordan... Uh, you're back on the Game of Thrones pod. I think it's been since the first episode of the season. Do you have that train whistle with you? There it is. Of course I do. Got it. <laughs> Got him. Where are you recording from? Uh, I'm recording from Greensboro, North Carolina. Nice. And Pappy, you got what you wanted with this Targaryen on Targaryen uh, sex scene. Was this everything you? Was this everything you wanted? Uh, I mean, I asked for full penetration being shown and we didn't quite get that but beggars can't be choosers i guess i'm from denver colorado since you didn't ask so so you don't think they win all (laughs) you don't think they win all the way or like no 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 no. i i just just there's a difference between the porn you see on x hamster and the porn you see on skinamax (laughs) at night we got skinamax i wanted x hamster A lot of logistics there. They probably would have had to work out. I'll explain it to you after the show, Josh. Back to you. (laughs) Should we go around and talk everybody's favorite porn site? So the initial meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Guess it's a no. The initial meeting in this this, uh, finale episode is kind of like Pap said last week. Every just like every single character except like three or four are at this meeting. Right outside of King's Landing. And a good part of the episode was establishing shots of the Dothraki arriving, the Unsullied arriving, the dragons arriving, Cersei arriving. It's very drawn out. <laughs> Danny arriving. Yeah. A lot of so Danny flies in on her dragons to make an impression. Late. She's a little late. Cersei's like Fashionable. You're late. And they have like a little bitch stare off for a second. Then, like, there's a little 
Clegane Bowl reference because the hound walks right up to his brother and basically says, like, you're uglier than me are. <laughs> Did I do that right? <laughs> A little late on the take. <laughs> so the hound walks right up to the mountain, and Stevie, I know you're a big fan of this part. Walk us through what happened there. So, like, nothing even, like, no one's ever, like, like oh, hey, hound, go talk to your brother. Or Robert Strong doesn't even make, like, an attempt at him. The hound just, like, walks up to him, and he's like, you need, like, this is pretty much the writers talking to the fans, being like, get hype for next season. Not now. Next season. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, you're an ugly son of a bitch, and next season, uh, we're going to fight to the death. He said next I've season. I've been coming for you this whole time. But does he say that... See, I disagree, because he speaks... He, he, the words he actually says are like, you know who's coming for you. You've always known. Which is the writers saying, you guys have been begging, you guys have been really begging for this. Next season... See, I, th- I think there's other some other people that he could be talking about when he says you, you've always known. What I anybody else have any ideas? What I didn't like about that scene though, it's like both of the parties sort of gather in that Fallout Coliseum Dragon Pit thing, and then the two Clegane's just like walk to the middle of the stage, have a conversation, then uh, Gregor exit stage left. And then no one acknowledges that that happens. And it's like they go on with the rest of the meeting. It's like, it's literally just like an aside. Like you would see in a play. Like two characters are talking, everyone else is just doing stuff in the background. It's so weird. You think one of those, you think someone's going to go try to get in between those two brothers, Pat? I would expect someone to acknowledge, like, okay, that was an awkward start to the meeting. But anyway, <laughs> what we're here to talk about. Well, it happened like three times. Tyrion. Tyrion tried to talk like three different times and kept getting interrupted. And then like he was finally like, okay, so we got this zombie ice guy in the box. <laughs> so anyway, going back to the Club Game Bowl, uh, he could be talking about Arya. I feel like some people online have uh, theorized. And then I also thought maybe Beric Dondarrion should be the one to kill the mountain because he's the one in season one, if you remember, Ned Stark sends actually out with the mission to bring the bring the mountain to justice so Hmm. i don't think it's as clear as talking to the audience as stevie might make it seem i mean given the the episode that the writers gave us they think we're pretty fucking stupid so i gotta imagine it's just clegane bowl and no other theories (laughs) (laughs) there we go (laughs) why why do you say that stupid (laughs) comment though stevie Dude, that brand narration was so cringeworthy. Like, okay, guys, in case for those who weren't following along, weren't paying attention enough closely, when uh, Tarly's girlfriend was like, what's an annulment? Uh, we're going to have Bran narrate the whole damn thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I haven't seen anything in this show that yeah, leads me to believe that they're going to do something clever, like have Arya or a callback to Beric be the one like that was just an aside brother versus brother get hype preview yeah is there anything more awkward than your handicapped brother narrating your sex scene <laughs> i think that's a reason why we probably won't get clegane bowl because i think that there's going to be some backlash for this season being almost too fan servicey and the writers might 
pull that and try to make make up something a little bit more convoluted than just the brothers fighting. But then that's even worse because again they'd be reacting to more internet backlash instead of like Pappy was saying a couple episodes ago, just you know making the vision and running with it instead of all this reactionary writing. No, I, I completely see, agree. That's what they they should write independent of what internet nerds think. <laughs> but, they should, <laughs> but they're not gonna. <laughs> They've already they've already sucked up too much to Reddit fan <laughs> theories already. I guarantee like they're already on the train. You can't stop it now. I guarantee Dan and DB have listened to this pod. Week one. Anyway, so the next part of the episode are kind of a few setup scenes. John talks to Theon and says, "I can forgive you for some of the stuff, but you're." Like, such a coward and awful person. I can't forgive you for everything. (laughs) And then we immediately kind of go to Theon and Mikey. What happens when Theon walks out to the beach? I I knew exactly what was going to happen here. I could see this fight (laughs) happening from a mile away. You anticipated the knees to the groin? (laughs) Yes, I did. I saw that coming from a mile away. So whoever this... Whoever Theon is fighting, this fat, bearded guy, I don't know who he is, don't really care, but he's getting his <laughs> ass kicked by him. And so Theon picks up a rock, and he's, like, getting head-butted, and then uh, the fat guy starts kneeing him in the, in the balls. Obviously, he doesn't have any balls, so it's not doing anything <laughs> to him. The fat guy is been bewildered for some reason. Everybody knows he doesn't have balls. Uh, and then uh, Theon Theon takes a rock to this guy's head and kills him right there on the beach it's like obviously that was going to happen it was like a cheesy 80s movie I I want to say I think the knees to the groin is the low point in all of Game of Thrones I think that's the worst cheesiest thing I've seen in this entire show's run it's fucking terrible it's like the huge payoff of all the psychological torture that Theon's gone through all culminates in him being able to survive a knee kick to the ground. He should have been dead by now. Those weren't those were haymakers he was getting hit <laughs> Dude, with. Yeah, he was messed like up. Like a broken jaw, at least KO. And like well, and that, all of the you know, stuff like, that he's been through. The weird totally thing was is like for five the, seconds of that stupid smirk that he to, has no to the gym. Exactly, yeah. And like the knees <laughs> to the balls are what motivate him to win the fight like you could have like used your words and have him say something like you're no stark and you're no Greyjoy, or you're no Greyjoy, or you're no stark or something something to like motivate him to actually like make him want to fight like it's just like oh i don't have any balls anymore sucker <laughs> he starts like taking them out like that's his stupid hey, character the, motivation the show sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh so then i think one part in here that was kind of funny. I don't know if you guys caught it, but Dan and Danny and Jorah and John and some other people uh, talking about like how Danny and John should get to the wall. Oh wait, you skipped like, over the best scene in Game of Thrones. The conversation with Tyrion and Cersei. Yeah, you've skipped over. No, quite a no, that's, no that's it's definitely yet. before because Cersei yeah. leaves. Well, who said back. we're going in order, chronological order? You're right. Getting to stuff, guys. This is hey, true. you quit Tarantino well, this shit, Josh. I'm sorry. Sense, Go ahead. <laughs> this is an so anyway, podcast. There is a scene, and I put it in the setup section of this episode, guys. So that's why I'm bringing it up now. But 
John and Danny and Jorah are talking about how they should get to the wall. And Jorah is very adamant that John and Danny should travel separately. Pat pointed out a love triangle a couple episodes ago. Do you think this is setting Jorah up to do something drastic to John later? Or is he really trying to still get with her? Is that really a thing? Friends, friend zone he's for life. Know he's dude. got no chance. Yeah, friend zone. Kind of like told this story where he's like, all it takes is one crazy ass guy with a crossbow to kill you. And then John's like, nah, why don't you ride with me? And she's like, okay. <laughs> but my point is you're talking about the love triangle. Doesn't it seem like Joris trying to separate the two of them from each other? He sees it happening and doesn't like it. Oh, clearly. And then, and then we get a scene of Jorah looking dismayed after Danny agrees to ride with John. Um, I guess... I, I don't see Jorah making it to the end, and so I would imagine he's gonna die either like, either like you said, like going out as a jealous, jilted lover, or somehow like sacrificing himself to save her. I feel like anything else would kind of be like unsatisfactory for his arc. I'm hoping that he does survive, and he ends up being like the new Lord Commander at the Wall. At the end, like if there is a Wall left the end of the series uh like he what takes, about you jordan so he, like he takes the black to like take himself out of the running for danny <laughs> yeah like him and theon should both take the black yeah that would make sense i guess i could see that i could see him going out as like a sacrificial uh a sacrifice as well um for danny somehow saving her in the process and they get like a few last words which would be extra corny but not out of the realm of the show Say, wouldn't Theon have to die saving Yara? What is mm. dead may never die. Because, I mean, every every time he's ran and lived, so wouldn't he actually save her and die? Wouldn't that be a pretty cool arc? Well, it feels like that whole plot is moving away from the centralized action. Like, everyone else is, like, conjuring up towards the north. Like, I mean, they're sort of doing their own little side escape plot, so... I, I just well not really because if Euron's going to get more troops right now, true, they might be able to sabotage that, which could play into things. But that has to do with Cersei. You guys are begging for some Cersei talks. I got that coming up next, right after this break. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our number is nine zero three seven seven six four five zero seven. It's lit. Hey guys, we're back from what? the break. We're doing breaks. <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> I have a question. Why, hell, Josh? Why we haven't done breaks a, since episode twenty. Why take a commercial break and not let us rest or podcast. regroup or recover? Why do you jump right back into live action? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're in a commercial break right now. We're in a commercial break. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh my balls! <laughs> January. Jan so, Michael Vincent. We need more Jan Michael Vincents. <laughs> so anyway, Theon uh is been like he's gone. He beat a dude up, so now he's a bunch of guys like him. He's gonna go save Yara. And Tyrion, because the first negotiations broke down due to the fact that Jon Snow was too honest. He just wanted some booty. <laughs> because Jon had- Snow's he had no honor. He just wanted the booty. Ah, I completely disagree. But anyway, uh, 
Tyrion decides, you know what? I'm going to go talk to my sister, myself. Did you guys have initial reactions? Did you think this was his last episode as an alive dwarf? I think this is one of, if not the best scenes in all <laughs> Game of Thrones. And Really? I, I, I really I do. Yeah. I watched I watched it back and like and cuz this is the only scene I went back and wanted to watch this one scene before we recorded and the whole scene is just shot reverse shot shot reverse shot. There's nothing nothing interesting happening with the camera, nothing's moving. It's just two fucking great actors like going back and forth. That's like the heart of Thrones and like the way Tyrion gets like pushed to the brink and saying like I've thought about killing you a bunch of times and like the way he like approaches the mountain. It's just like, that's what Thrones is about right there. That's that makes up for a lot of the season for me, that one scene alone. But the basic premise that Cersei would let him speak at all and wouldn't have the mountain just cut him in two immediately. I can't, well, I have a really hard time. No, no, I think no, that falls no. in line with her character. Arc. She was, she was clearly manipulating him. She withheld certain information but I mean, Stevie, you like the scene too, right? Back me up. I like this scene a lot. I don't know why the writers, the past really three seasons, have gotten so far away from Tyrion. Like when he was obviously the best part of the show, and then they just kind of made him a side character. It's very unimportant. So seeing him back, like being able to act, especially him and um, what's your name, Lena Headey. Lena Hetty. Lena Hetty, either one. Um, <clears throat> okay, so there's great acting here. I I think we can all agree with that. But I'm talking about the writing and the motivations and the fact Cersei doesn't have mercy. I mean, no, she's, she's wanted not. to kill she him forever. She does when it comes to family. Oh man, I okay. Clearly, at the end of the scene, she makes some sort of deal with Tyrion. And then, spoiler alert, we jump ahead a little bit. It probably has something to do with succession because of the way that Tyrion is upset that the way John and Danny are now begging. So, like, Tyrion had to have struck some kind of deal. She is being pragmatic. She's living up to, like, Tywin's name. But, but, but I mean, what really made it for me was just, like, the back and forth between two great actors. And, and exactly what we're talking about. Like, what were their real motivations, like, were they really after? And then it leaves it on kind of a cliffhanger. So like, I, I thought that Tyrion bargained. I don't know what you guys thought like came out of that scene, but it's really weird how Cersei's just all of a sudden now pretending to help their cause. Uh, well, there's a lot of things to get into because already you're talking about kind of like the double flip flop reverse that this episode plays. I mean, the first <laughs> negotiations fail after they look like they're going to succeed because everyone's freaked out by the dead zombie that comes alive out of the box. And then, like, seriously, gets re-talked into it, and you think everything's cool, then you realize 20 minutes are still left in the episode, and then she, like, totally, like, takes it back again. I don't know. I, I didn't really care for the fact they had to do, like, the double the double glance, the double no-look pass. Yeah, and they've just like done I'm one. I'm also not understanding why <laughs> she's still trying to get out of this deal. I mean, there's obviously something uh, dangerous coming. I don't know why she's not helping out. I actually disagree with Mikey there because I think she's she's now doing the smartest thing for her. She doesn't have anything to gain by helping, I don't think. I think... Do you, I'm, 
I feel like Jamie explained it pretty well later in the episode. He said that like, if the White Walkers win, they're gonna come and kill us. And if we ditch out on <clears throat> on these people after pledging like troops to them, they're also gonna come back south and kill us. And so like, I don't really get where her end game is here. And I but Cersei is right too in that if if they if they beat the enemy, then Danny's gonna turn around and kick their ass and kill them. And if they join up and lose, then they die anyway. So, so there's no chance hedged- of Danny like just letting them go if they do if they do beat the White Walkers is what you're saying. I mean, even yeah, even Cersei admits that in negotiations. Like, I wouldn't even pretend that you would agree to that. Yeah, I think that is well established. That no matter what happens, there's like 50 years of history that Tyrion pointed to where all these families are killing each other and backstabbing each other. There's like no going back on that. But well, Cersei I, apparently forgave Tyrion, so who knows what's going on? I mean, I, just, I, I don't think so. I just come back to you. I mean, you can nitpick the characters' motivations to, to death. I think they suck. Like, clearly, this is a story that had no real endgame in sight. There's got to be huge problems. From what I'm saying, like, <laughs> what I saw from those two actors and, like, in a show that has a bajillion-dollar budget, they had one set basically like i said shot reverse shot like nothing fancy nothing clever nothing going on and like just two people exchanging words or like carrying the scene like that's i I feel like we're not even giving out enough credit like peter dinklage is such a gifted actor so anyway that's that part ends so anyway i don't want to focus on the good parts just (laughs) that part ends and it kind of reminded me of when he was like on trial when he was just pretty much going off on the people. I mean, there, there's no other actor that the, the showrunners trust to like just put a scene on someone's back. Only Peter Dinklage can like carry a scene. John needs some battle. What What's his name who plays uh, the Hound? Uh, I feel like he can easily carry uh, Aiden, whatever his name is, that plays Littlefinger. Uh, I think the guy who played Tywin could easily carry a scene as well. Lena Headey can... Well... She's on a different. She's on a lower tier than those people. But Danny, I agree. Great I agree actress. This <laughs> there is great acting in that scene, Pappy. But boring scene. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you fools! I'm not saying it's boring. I'm just coming down on kind of the middle. Like great acting motivations weren't really there for me. So what, but, what do you what do you think a possible deal is that could have been struck? Do, like, do, is there any coherent theories on that? I mean, I haven't been digging into it. I think a lot of it would have to do with the fact that she's pregnant, right? I mean, that's re- that's revealed towards it, the end. Is she? Is she? Yes. Is that not a? Is that not a ruse? I thought it might. <laughs> How be do you a know ruse? that's not? Yeah, she's using that as manipulation too. She's playing goddamn 3D chess then, because she like rubbed her belly and then looked looked taken aback when Tyrion had predicted that. It, I think this is a big old plan. 3D chess is just regular chess. She's rubbing her belly though, Pappy. I mean, isn't that an obvious giveaway? She's not drinking the wine he's giving her. Babies come from the belly. I learned that in Sex Ed. But why would she tell Jamie she's pregnant? Hamster. Because she's manipulating him too, and if she is pregnant, it's Quiburn's baby. But oh, anyways, <laughs> speak, speaking of Jamie, didn't I see that earlier? Hi. All right, keep going. I I said that last episode. I that said Jordan, episode one. You called me creepy for it, but keep going, <laughs> bastard. 
No, I've listened to that episode a couple times. He definitely did not say that. So you're the guy. Um, <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after Tyrion talks to Cersei, Jamie talks to Cersei in a very similar scene where, again, there's a moment where you think she may or may not have the mountain kill him. And again, she doesn't. And would have been but exciting. that was cheap, though. He like nodded yes. She nodded yes, and then she, he didn't kill her. Him. He even pulled out his sword too. He was like ready to s- slice his head off. But nope. that was like the third time he had pulled out his sword that episode. I don't though. believe yeah. you. I just want to watch the mountain fight people, and they're not giving me that. <laughs> Show is so boring. So Jamie decides to agree to disagree, and he. Leave. He says he's the commander of the armies, but then he just kind of leaves by himself. I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he should also retire to the wall with the other people we talked I about. I can tell you exactly what he's going to do. He's going to go to Winterfell, and there's going to be a conflict with him and Bran. That has to happen before the show ends. So that means there's going to be a conflict between him and Tormund. We need him. He pushed Bran out of wall, but he's a good guy now. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Wait, so what if that ends up being like Brienne? He no, but it's a scene creator. between two great actors. This is what Thrones is all about. <laughs> I'm not putting whoever plays Bran in the same league as Peter Dinklage. I remember everything. Well, what do you think is going to happen there? Bran is going <laughs> to forgive him? or I, I, that, I mean, that plot point has to be resolved. He's not Bran anymore. Yeah, Bran doesn't give a crap about that. I think that's small potatoes for Bran. That's my next bullet point actually here is that Sam and Bran start putting two to two together and just start giving large exposition dumps kind of in their five to eight Oof. minute scene. I love um, how Sam showed up and was like, hey, I'm still part of this show. <laughs> Smiling with that goofy ass smile. You were right though, Pappy. Pa- Sam seems to have learned everything he's going to learn already at the Citadel, including that nugget of information that there's an annulment. Yeah, apparently he annulment. was listening, even though he yeah. pretended like he wasn't. And uh, are you trying to like? Are we just segueing into that like sex scene now? Because no. All right. W- wouldn't the oh, annulment okay. just be like public record, like down at the courthouse or something? Why? Why is that taking so long to find out? <laughs> it was a private, <laughs> private. <laughs> it was a Vegas annulment. All right, those are a little different. <laughs> Ridiculous. Whoever's keeping the books in Westeros. There's terrible bookkeeping in Westeros. Vegas annulment money. Well, there's only like nine people that can read, it seems like. Um, Education is the foundation of any great civilization. I did. I did. I thought one of the best uh, parts of the Bran Sam exchange was Sam just being like, okay. You're a crazy little kid. <laughs> like being so dismissive <laughs> of everything he was saying. Like, oh, okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I think he also had respect for Bran too. And like, especially when Bran started dropping knowledge, Sam believed him, right? There's no doubt about that. I think Sam will believe anybody that gives him attention. <laughs> I love the word choice. You are Samuel Tarly. You are a good man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Nothing more. Nothing. And that's it. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Your dad's proud of you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Pappy, we can segue. So they talk about the fact that John is 
the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark. And so Egg. We pretty much his name's Egg. Pretty much, his name's Egg. Um, Egg. Egg. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Egg. <laughs> Aegon. Aegon. <laughs> you guys are really throwing me off the hosting today. Paps I'm really hold really, on to that on. I'm really struggling. <laughs> so it pretty much cuts from that to like John knocks on Danny's door. She opens. They give each other a little nod and. Start fucking. Is that how that works? Is that you just got to Dude, it was lovemaking. Don't be so perverse about it. Was it? Because I don't think they got any annulments before they started doing that. <laughs> what? Josh, I want to turn this around back at you. So you're you're the... We both bre- read the books, but you get the credit as the book reader. You're clearly the most experienced in the thrones. Was that scene... Was that scene lethargic for you in any way and how did you feel about the blatant exposition of facts that like anyone with half a brain already knew going over that scene what, what were you thinking when that finally went down what scene are you talking about sam and Brian no 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 them fucking J- J- the fucking scene <laughs> <laughs> i i think i've said this from the beginning it makes a lot of sense they like george in his writing used twins having sex right before they mur- like, no no but as someone who's in, emotionally invested in the story how did you feel watching that did you feel good yeah. did you feel i'm just i'm describing i'm describing right. that so the whole series has callous me to incest so it's like they're not brother and sister let alone twins they're cousins that don't look alike they don't even know they're related so that's like not on my mind they're just two like heroic characters that are of out. the same age and sort of attractiveness level. So yeah, like they're cousins. It makes sense, and I, I wouldn't say it was cathartic, but I was like, yeah, that makes sense, and I've kind of thought that's going to happen from the beginning. Were you, were you rooting for it? Were you happy when you saw it, or what? It just was what it was. Yeah, I think there are two. There are two heroes, right? And they finally got together. I mean, John's been. I think Pappy said last episode. John is the loneliest bastard on the face of the earth. <laughs> and he's getting laid by the the dragon queen, man. It's great. It's a, it's a bro code. Good on she's, you, John. She's What's no up? egret. She is not. She's no egret. Thank goodness she's not. Hot take. Pappy, what's your point? What? <laughs> no, I had no point. I was trying to get your reaction to... Probably the main. You reveal. were very leading with your questions. Like, were you turned on? Were you like jerking off at the same time? Were, Are you were asking me? Because that's a yes, but I was more <laughs> what Josh was doing. <laughs> I, Pappy, I'm I'm having a feeling you you don't like it. No, I. I mean, it is what you asked for, but you. I I think I said on the last episode that I I don't know how that will play for a general audience because it wasn't. You could have them fuck and 80% of people who are like hardcore followers of the show who, or like 100% of people who have read the books would be like, oh yeah, it's the aunt-nephew relationship. But it would still kind of like play as a 
wholesome romantic story for like 10% of the stupidest fucking people out there who follow thrones who just don't care. Like when you superimpose a child describing the aunt nephew nature of the relationship while you're showing them literally fucking that's really taking it to the next level. That's like a bold artistic choice. And you're like, fuck anybody who doesn't like it. I, I, I thought it was one of the crazier moments. I don't know if I loved it. it it's going to take some time to sink in, I guess, but it was what it was. Is anybody else with me that it, the incest part of it just really does not seem like that big of a deal. As I've never thought those words but would exit Is it mouth. incest if they don't know? Do you think this is going to be like, if the books were completed, this was going to be a possibility? Yes. That's what I keep wondering. This is definitely so? a plot point they wrote towards, for sure. Yeah, I agree. What The reason that I don't I mean, agree with... It's a song with, of ice and fire. But the, I mean, the reason I don't agree that I'm desensitized to incest, it's never been something that... He, heroes in the story have engaged in it's been the Lannisters it's been the old Targaryens who paid the price and the Lannisters paid the price with Joffrey right for having incest and having a crazy ass motherfucker like it's always been it there's kind of a stigma to it within the context of this universe and now it's just like the two best people are fucking and they are an aunt and a nephew (laughs) So you don't think Jamie is a hero in this story? I think what Pat's trying to say is that there used to be consequences for it, and now it looks like there's no consequences for doing that. Well, how quick do you think these consequences are going to roll in? As the minute his the whole touches, story, the whole story kicks the- off because of Jamie and uh, Cersei. That's the whole reason we have the whole, the show. And beyond that, the whole reason the Mad King went mad was from years of incest. Incest has never been like an acceptable part of the story. It's part of the story, but it had negative consequences. Now we're having the two main heroes. And and to your point, I mean, they don't know they're having incest. So I guess that's different. But if she gets knocked up, which I'm pretty sure... I can read that from the scene that she did based on all the context clues around it. You don't think that she did? No, I agree. Oh, she did. Yeah. I think she got pregnant. Okay. That's what says. Yeah. So yeah, if she gets pregnant, then there should be at least a 50, 50 chance. This baby's a batshit crazy motherfucker, right? Based on everything we know. I would agree with that. I would say that there has to be some consequence. Except we will never we will never see that baby in one season of growing up. There are no rules. Just Jordan. a baby covered in dragon scale. <laughs> I think everyone watching the scene knows that they don't know about that. And like I said, George Martin has done his best to set up incest at, to normalize incest throughout the series. And I do think Jamie's a hero. And I also think that it wasn't just him and his sister screwing alone in a vacuum that messed everything up at the beginning. I think it's so weird. It's society's fault. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> hot take. Josh. Society just incest. can't handle. Jesus, that might be the hottest take we've ever had on spoilers. 
society just can't handle <laughs> the twin on twin. <laughs> so the last note I have here is I have this written in my notes. John and Danny fuck as Danny's dead dragon also fucks up the wall that John abandoned. That scene is kind of what we're left with. It's the dragon. A lot of people thought he would. They were like debating if it would be ice or fire that he would spit. Turns out it's icy hot, but he fire ice. <laughs> yeah, he burns fine? down part of the wall, and the dead are coming through. Um, did you guys like that last scene? Did it hype you for next season? I'm not asking Mikey. I'm asking everyone else. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's more of the same. Yeah, they're going to get through. Everybody knows they're going to get through. And, I mean, I kind of wish he was, like, shooting, like, ice shards. Except it was just, like, a blue flame that just tore down the wall. Did Tormund die? I don't know. Why would they keep him alive during the last battle just to kill him off, like, off screen like that? Yeah. They killed uh, John's uncle that way. Makes a quick save and then gets destroyed by white blockers five seconds later. I mean, I feel like he had a long way to go. He didn't get the top when that thing started like throwing down the wall. So I don't know. But uh, I just, I guess this is kind of predictable. Yeah, that dragon was going to come and tear down the wall. I don't think there's anything special about it. I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of people predicted that the final battle in this series would be at like all our heroes at the wall against this army of the dead. So I do think that it's a development that the wall is compromised. Pat. Yeah, I guess it kind of sets up to that point. I think the final battle will be at Winterfell, which would be I said that. cathartic and circular. The story started at Winterfell. It'll end at Winterfell. We'll get all of the heroes back in Winterfell for the first time since literally the first episode when Robert brought everybody up to Winterfell. That makes the most sense from a storytelling standpoint, but I also don't trust the story to be smart, so maybe it'll end up who knows where. So Winterfell would be where winter will fall? Oh, shit. (laughs) Jordan's Pickle Rick! All right! (laughs) No, I mean, I I thought that last scene was pretty intense. I kind of thought it was stupid when they, like, when I saw it at first, but then I got drawn into the action. Like, the music was pretty intense. The only thing that I didn't really like is the Night King is such a fucking stiff, man. Like, when he threw the javelin, he was just real, just, there's just no flexibility, no agility there. How is he going to battle with, <laughs> He's with all an these? He's an undead <laughs> frozen monster. What do you expect? <laughs> He used to have like a little swagger about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he should you know? walk like Vince McMahon walks to the ring. <laughs> exactly. Just swagger. Just doing that <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> He's all herky-jerky. He needs to fix that. All right. Before we give yes or no. He's a creepy smile to him. I've been saving this dude for the end of our episodes pretty much all season, and I did it again on purpose. But that uh, is Mr. Littlefinger. Um, yeah, he... He's still pulling all the strings this episode. I think we're supposed to think that Sans has fallen for it. And the one awesome part of the scene, spoiler alert, before his 
throat gets slit is that he has shown one last time leaning up against a wall, looking on in a courtroom. <laughs> they had to have that shot. It's a little finger it. special, man. Does he just have like a? <laughs> does he have a bad knee or something? And he needs to lean up against something all the time. <laughs> Everyone else is like straight up at attention, super focused. He's always like all cash, leaning back. Last episode, we talked about where this is going. Stevie and I came up with the theory that Ari had already killed Littlefinger. So He's- sad when I saw them in the same room. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So w- bummed. Were you, Pappy, as not being part of that theory, were you satisfied by this ending of Littlefinger? No, because I would have liked to have seen a little bit more indicating that the bond between the two sisters was solidified like we got one scene in the crypts where they're cool and then over the course of like three or four episodes all we see are our conflict and there's nothing to indicate that they're like they're in on the joke they're in on little fingers like scheme it just kind of ends so did anybody watch the after the episode thing yeah yeah they kind of just admitted that they were like the previous three episodes of Sansa Arya scenes were just to trick the audience into thinking they didn't like each other. Makes it really poor. That's wow. just bad storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's again a question of motivations. Like, it's just an empty. It makes the, that one segment of Arya following Littlefinger even worse. So here's how you fix it. Like, Arya comes to Sansa, like, does the whole knife thing, like, holds at her throat. All you have to do is, like, one. 10 second extra hold of Arya holding the dagger up to Sansa where you look at Sansa's eyes and look at Arya's eyes and then Sansa realizes like where that dagger came from or something or like show Sansa just bringing it to Bran. You don't have to have any context or anything around it. Just like show something that something's happening behind the scenes. Like you can't just like exactly that's that's why I tossed you this question because you had talked about you can't about- just shit on everybody like oh I tricked you like <laughs> every single thing showed us was indicating in one direction like there, there's no breadcrumbs all we got was like one five to ten minute scene in the crypts that shows this relationship between the two sisters is fixed like give us something anything else like some breadcrumbs and that's why, again, I passed it to you because you had you've been mentioning like if the Starks just talked to each other, they'd work through this. And we were like waiting for that scene, and obviously that must have happened off screen. <clears throat> it's just really frustrating. And, and like, fine, I'll, don't you're you're willing to give us a scene of of Bran expositioning a sex scene, whatever. Okay, you're fine doing that. Like, give us at least a look, at least like one twenty second extended take of like eyes meeting and understanding like there's nothing there's nothing there to indicate that this should happen and it's like a great surprise i guess so this whole tangent revolves around this dagger and them recognizing that this dagger came from Littlefinger. is that the whole i think that's biggest piece of evidence they're using against him here because it's the same dagger that he held against ned's throat and yeah, it's exactly. Really... Like, just why wouldn't Arya just like, hey, Sansa, this dagger looks, this dagger is from Littlefinger or whatever. It's like, it, that would have taken two seconds. 
it's kind of stupid. But then they would have lost their surprise. This isn't for Arya to be in their investigation for murder. It's you, Littlefinger, who's leaning up against a wall currently. You don't let a murderer walk around your house for weeks on end. It's ridiculous. You don't let... He's a psychopath. You don't let him walk around your house. You kill that guy. It does seem really counterproductive. As bad as probably the writing was that led up to that scene, Jordan, did you find any satisfaction in Arya finally giving him the business? Watching Littlefinger get his throat slit? Yeah, it and then them good. hanging on that shot for like 35 seconds. It was pretty gruesome, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was pretty satisfied. I, it once... It's a pretty, once a little finger kind of turns tail and starts like begging and pleading with different people around the room, it's pretty disgusting. So it's kind of nice to see, uh, see Arya just kind of end it there. He did die. Was like anyone else bitch. bothered that little finger didn't like, he didn't really bring up how he could still help Sansa. He just like, he seemed to lose all his ability. No, he did. He tried to appeal to the Knights of the Vale. See, I'm still your commander, right? Yeah. No. What I'm what I'm saying is he didn't. <sighs> he didn't have a backup plan like he usually does. I guess so. And he always has a backup plan, but I guess he was tricked, just like the audience was. So <laughs> tricked. So again, like let's let's take out all of the ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes of the past three episodes of the storyline. Move that thirty minutes into this, and let's have another courtroom scene where. Bran slowly reveals what he knows, where Arya slowly reveals what she knows about the dagger, and then Sansa like ties everything together <laughs> and says, Oh, you're guilty. Sentence boom there. Like at least if you're gonna spell it things out to the audience, five this is the kind of thing you should be spelling out. Not that like things happened off screen, they're cool now. Does anybody else love uh Sansa's Forest Gump line? Where she just admittedly says, I know I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm not the smartest lord. So she, she's like, it's like a force comes like, I'm not a smart man. Sansa's like, I know I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud at that part, but yeah, I keep going. I actually laughed out loud in a non-cheesy way uh, when Sansa and Arya were having a moment atop the walls of Winterfell. And Sansa's like, says something like, I'm glad we're sisters again, but you're still weird and annoying. That was like the moment I was waiting for to happen three episodes ago. Anyway, we can move on to yes or no's uh, since we'll go from most obvious answer first. Mikey. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then we'll move on to Stevie. No, I want to say something. <laughs> All right, Mikey, you're up first. Uh, I think uh, I think we've made a lot of suggestions that would make the show better over the course of these episodes that we've done, and I think that the show is just like the wheels have fallen off, and it's not anything like it used to be. And this season, there was just like a lot of stuff that was happening off screen. A lot of context was missing from a lot of uh, stories. And it was just overall a really, I don't know. It was just a very different season than previous seasons of Game of Thrones. And it was disappointing. And I don't think next season is going to be good at all. And I 
think the best part about this episode was actually the preview because it was edited kind of funny where uh, Theon was on the boat and then it immediately cut to him like jumping off of the boat and I cracked up. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, I thought it was a terrible episode and I hate the show. (laughs) Stevie. (laughs) Am I giving the season a yes or no or just the episode? We know Mikey gave the season a no. We're talking about this episode, though, Stevie. Okay, well, the season is a hell no. Probably the weakest of the series. Uh, I'll give this episode a yes, though, because I have the strong scenes between uh, Cersei and Tyrion, as well as Jaime and Cersei. And I thought the John and Theon scene was really cool. I thought that was really well acted as well. Um, Wall coming down was weak. And uh, that sex scene was like, I was really hoping for some like 90s, like sexual jazz music. Kind of just that cheesy stuff you used to see in 90s movies. I was really hoping for that. Or at least a little bump and grind for Mark Kelly. Just, uh, but we but got none of some, that. You got some Kit Harrington ass cheek. Yeah, what the, what the crowd really wanted to see there. But uh, yeah, it's a softy ass, but overall this season sucked. Pap. Yeah, I'll give this episode a yes. Um, I think it's probably one of the worst finales we've had. It's in the solid 75% of Thrones range. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I think, just to go back to it, I think Josh is really focusing on the wrong parts. And, and we've had off-air off lo- lengthy conversations about who's to blame. I don't blame D&D for their shitty writing and all. They signed on <laughs> to adapt a series of books similar to what uh, Lord of the Rings was supposed to be. And like the production design is still on point. The costumes are amazing. The set designs are amazing. The acting is phenomenal and the writing sucks. It. I think if this was anyone's first season of Game of Thrones, this would probably be the last season of Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I'm I'm invested enough for the, with the characters for the lack of storytelling to carry me, and I I think we we just need to step back and say that like everything else that's happening in this show, from the production design to the you know the costume the CGI, this is like top level top level TV, and everyone's re- really firing at all levels. It's not I have huge problems with the writing, but I blame George. I don't blame the double D's for this. Uh. It's a yes, and I, I really think that Tyrion with Cersei is one of the best scenes in Game of Thrones history. Jordan. Yeah, Pappy, I, I think you have a lot of good points there. Uh, just on this episode, it's a it's a yes. Um, a, as Pappy said, probably one of the weaker finales, or definitely one of the weaker finales from the show, uh, but it does tie up a few loose ends. There are some some good parts, some funny parts. I think the Bran and uh, Sam tag team duo is going to be interesting with them kind of joining knowledge and being able to uh, link up some puzzle pieces. But the season as a whole, I would definitely agree. It's I I keep coming back to this, but I think it's it's hard when oh. a story has been theorized about and predicted about for like twenty plus years to like surprise people anymore. So like. In a way, there's like nothing that the the TV show writers can do at this point that hasn't been. Why are they trying to surprise people? I'm saying that it, 
it, the series used to feel a little more subvertive and maybe so it, maybe it's just me that it surprised with the red wedding and all that stuff. I think there's a, a lot of non book readers that have gotten into the story enough to kind of see these things coming around the corner. And so that I, I do wish that they'd kind of abandon that and just go to tell this epic tale. And so I think that's kind of where the story's going. I'm not looking for surprises or subversion anymore. I just want to see, as Pappy said, I'm connected to these characters and I want to see where they go. Um, and the cinematography, the set scenes are all really cool. So I'll, I'll stick it out, but I can see how people would hate it. Like Mikey. I'm 70 hours in. I guess I'm going to watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so this is background to me. Um, I've given every episode this season a yes so far. Um, I'm going to give this one a no. I, all the all <laughs> company the writing, man Josh finally came to his senses. All the bad writing that I was like kind of forgiving and still giving a yes through this whole season came to head where it's like these huge plot points that I should be so stoked about happening. I'm sitting here questioning why it doesn't seem like the character is behaving like they should. And I don't think that's good writing. And I'm not letting D&D off the hook because they're still the ones writing this for television. I just, I just and they're not doing a very good job. That really bothers and they, me. I, I just agree. They, they signed up to... to not Transco write a new show. Five when, to write five. To, they they didn't sign up to finish his story. That's like a, the central part of this. Like, well, they knew that the book seven was never going to come out. I think they were over. aware of what their skill set was. They also met yeah. with George, and they know the ending. They know the ending that George is going to do. But that's a selfish thing. I mean, they know the ending, but it's selfish. But George signed on for it, so you're giving him the pass. Like, no, I'm incredibly pissed off. But these guys have to come up with you know just basic plot character development in a world where george r R. isn't spoon feeding it to them that really bothers that really bothers me that you're blaming them that's that's retarded like even if they had the source material it's still not good writing like they're leaving context out of episodes like if you look at the release pattern of books like josh books weren't coming out one once every 10 years books were coming out like once every three four years when it was good and he clearly ran into a problem. And I guarantee you, he told them that there would be at least Winds of Winter out by this point. He fucked them over. So even if Winds of Winter was out, season seven and eight, which seven we just watched, would be past that book anyway. It should have been out before season five. That's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be out before season five, which is where the problems yeah. start. Like I, I just I, I really can't like George R. R. Martin is a hack and he's a fraud and he can't finish what he starts. So I'm like really mad at him. You're just like really, really mad at him. No, but you're you're <laughs> blaming like the, the, the people who like agreed to adapt like so so if Peter Jackson <laughs> I don't think Peter Jackson's a great screenwriter, but it doesn't take away from what the adaptation of his works is D and D wanted to be the ultimate adapters of, of I think this fantasy series, not to write the fantasy series. It's two different skill sets. They got fucked over in the steel. I think, I think what Josh is getting at though, is like five dudes on a podcast have written better stuff than D and D so far. Like this season, I think if you're going to take on this project and the ending is not written yet, 
you should probably take the initiative to write an ending in case the ending is not written. And they didn't do that. Everything is getting rushed in these last two seasons, and you can tell. There's plenty of blame to go around. I think it's weird they, that uh, they slapped like this artificial ending on the story. Like They could have easily stalled for another season and told some like side stories and stuff, and maybe worked... George R. R. Martin back into the fold to like help them get their shit together, or bring on writers to like get a coherent ending. I think it was weird that after last season they're like, "Oh, there's only going to be 13 more episodes. So we can tie up all these loose ends and get out of here." Yeah, it seems like they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think they're using it as a pass to just be like, "Oh, well, all we have are these bullet points left. We just have to get to them." It's yeah. like, no, right? Well, good okay, but that's that's story. the other thing. I, I can't say that emotions don't play a part. I, 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 haven't, I've, I haven't worked a job for more than four years in my whole life, let alone 10 years, which is what these two guys put into it. Like, if, if they've spent 10 years of their professional career developing this show, and then like the writer, essentially the writer of the show, a guy who wrote an episode of season and wrote all of the source material, just kind of like didn't do what he said was gonna, he said he was going to do, I'd be like, fuck you, dude. Like, I don't care. Like... D and D are talented. They don't need they don't need thrones, and they kind of got fucked over by the guy who made them promises, which he lied about. I don't know, man. You like, don't think even, they could have done? Go ahead, Mike. Even how popular the show is, like you can't find some fanboys who know the ins and outs of every Game of Thrones book ever to write. A okay, but yeah. So, so then we go to like if they if they do Reddit fan service, we shit on them for oh, it's just fan service. No, it's, not not Reddit fan service. Just people who know the books and know what they want in the ending. There's no one who knows the books better than them who isn't in the threads every day, who's reading the fan service, who knows those theories. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. They had to have known the risk they're playing at the beginning. Yeah. And it seems like they should have had a plan for this happening. I mean, Storm of Swords came out in 2000, A Feast of Crows in 2005, and A Dance with Dragon came out like the year this started. Okay, but what what was the timeline before that when he was actually writing good books? Like two years in between? There's three? Even two, if, even if you're two, giving someone two, a two. timeline for write a book, it's a book. It could be delayed for however long. It happens all the time. You can't... If a but book is bad... He was releasing yeah, a, book a book every is, two years, not every 15. Not every 10. It goes two, then two, then five, and six. Did they really think two more books would be released by now and the series would be wrapped up? I mean, they know George R. R. Martin better than most people. I mean, they had to have seen this coming and it just doesn't seem like they put the effort in to really give this like whole story, like the best squeeze possible. Just, okay. So Seems Josh, like- what do you want them to do to write a better story than George R. R. Martin? Like, I want well, you called him a not- hack, Pat. They made their money. It doesn't matter how they end it now. I, I just, think I agree. I don't just think they care. Like, now. I think they're saying "fuck you" to all you fanboys. Like we had an agreement. George didn't deliver. I don't blame them one iota. I think they did a great job. And when they had books to adopt, that's film, lazy. When they had books to adopt a film, there isn't a better TV show maybe ever. Oh, I don't think they're that I, stupid. Oh, okay. that they thought they could no, write let's not get crazy here. <laughs> let's not get crazy here. <laughs> This is definitely not the best show ever. Not in- I think that the, I, I think what Pappy's saying is true. I think the ceiling is as high as the kind of just give up. Yeah. They kind of gave up and they don't really care what people even think anymore because it's like fuck you George Martin instead of 
so, really taking on this huge fan base that you've developed and giving them a serviceable plot. I'm not asking for like better CGI. I'm asking to like show the fucking Starks talking to each other instead of trying to surprise us in this bullshit, fake Sherlock Holmesy way. It was stupid. I wanted Littlefinger to die since the first book that I read like ten years ago, and like he goes out on a stupid TV ploy that has no actual character motivations. Like that's what pisses me off. That's lazy. I don't care if George R. R. Martin is lazy. Like they got to deal with that. They signed up to write the TV show for seven years straight. They signed the contracts for the actors. I mean, it's leaving the actors out to dry too. They get shitty dialogue. They have to deliver. They're ruining like the whole image of the show and themselves in the process. No, I completely agree. And we, we, we argued for a little bit. I don't think we're that far apart. My only other question would be, what would you rather have a shitty resolution which the show offers or no resolution, which the book offers and probably never will be. Honestly, I agree with you, Pat. Yeah. I'd rather have the shitty resolution. I guess. I don't know. There, I mean, I mean, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it's better just to imagine a fake internet theories and just pretend. But is this why like Kurt Cobain, everyone thinks he's awesome because he died before he could get washed up. Should the show have died before it got all <laughs> shitty? When did the show go off the rails for you, Mikey? Season, season five. five. Sorry. Season five, I thought so for sure. Was that was that diverting away from the books or was that the last season with the books? It's the first season that ventured beyond, la- but it's the biggest diverture of the story, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, season are- five was such a the shit show. The problem is you have to fix Dorn, and like that's a huge issue because like they go south. And then in the books, you have to add f- three to four to five characters potentially to flesh out that story. And they consolidate it into like two or three for the show. I think this was always going to be a hard book. Se- Even if George R. R. Martin finished it, it was always going to be a hard series to put to, to put to film. And they just did such a good job in the first few seasons that I'm salty and giving what's actually not a bad episode of television and no kind of out of spite here, but I don't know. Does it, anybody else have any, <sighs> we really went off the rails. <laughs> Pappy, remember when these were supposed to be 10 minute episodes? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're at an hour and 10 minutes. So we're right, right in there. <laughs> Let's pick it up next season. All right. We'll see you guys next season for game of Thrones. Uh, spoilers podcast I guess uh, spoiler man can take it from here as we're all just sitting here kind of depressed and one last thing the movie game is coming back right Josh yeah what's coming up next Josh yeah like I said we've been taking a break and doing a lot of TV stuff but I think we got blood sport coming up real soon and then actually we don't know because depending on who will win that trivia they'll pick the next episode so that is coming back soon (laughs) (laughs) alright thanks for cheering me up Pappy I didn't win spoiler I didn't win I didn't win that alright that was spoilers If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review, select the Reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was Spoilers. Spoilers.
Chubb secure. I'm I'm back on mute. Ah, uh, Pappy, you got me so depressed in those last fifteen minutes. Shit. Sorry, Josh. I need a beer. I'm on mute. I'm on mute. Oh. Egg. His name's Egg. 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 Egg.